This podcast contains adult language and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Welcome back, crime babies. So, Erica, I know you like that one, crime babies. I've been sitting on that one. For, no, I hate. I've been sitting on that one that for a is while. The worst one you've had. What? No way. I. That's no way. That's oh, not the worst. I hate about it. I hate it. Well, hate let it. it sink in. I think. I think it'll grow on you. I can understand at first. It's a little weird, but let it sink in. I think it'll grow on you. Anyway. Okay. I know that everybody is talking about Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry right now, and we have gotten tons of questions about this and what's going on and what do we think and all the theories and the conspiracy theories and all the other things that go into it. So because of that, we're going to do an Instagram live Wednesday, September 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to kind of talk about what we know about the case up until this point, what's going on, who's been involved, what is true, what might have been debunked, just because there's so much going on here. We don't want to give too much on something that isn't all the way factual yet. Yeah, we're not going to do a whole episode on something that we don't know most of the facts. So, But it'll also be a case discussion on any case that we've covered, too. If you want to just come and ask us questions and hang out, like it doesn't have to be about Gabby Petito. Absolutely, but that's obviously what we're going to cover probably first and most. Yeah. So. Anyway. Well, I was going to say that's what everybody's going to ask us about. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ask you a lot about it, too, because I have lots of questions. Yeah. So, all right. Come visit us live tonight on Instagram, September 29th, 2021. We're going to cover that and more. So, without any further ado, let's go from one Brian to the other. Yeah. So, this week, instead of Brian Laundry, we're going to cover Brian Schaefer, who is also missing and not a dick. So, if so, you see anyone named Brian, get yeah. more info. Hopefully, it's Schaefer. Yeah, get more of <laughs> So, all right. Well, a little bit of background on Brian Randall Schaefer was that he was born on February 25th, 1979, and he was raised in Pickerington, Ohio, which is very difficult to say. It is very difficult to say. And anybody who's been to London would know that there's a stop called Piccadilly Circus. And every time I see Pickerington, I always think of Piccadilly Circus because we used to take the tube up and down on all over the place when we were in London. That's funny. So he had a little brother named Derek and his dad's name was Randy and his mom's name was Renee. And Brian graduated high school in 1997. He went to Ohio State or as people from Ohio call it, the Ohio State. And that's where he got his degree in microbiology. And then he went on to med school. Which is very annoying. So we won't be calling it the Ohio State. (laughs) Because we're not from Ohio. And honestly, after that, what else do you have going on in Ohio? The Browns? The Browns are... Yeah, they're in Cleveland. (laughs) I'm like, they're in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. They got the Cleveland... Okay. Or they got the Browns, they have the Indians. So a couple of losers. They have the Reds, too. They do have the Reds, who is also another loser. (laughs) Yeah. Ohio hadn't won a championship since until LeBron had brought one back and won one in whatever year that was, 2014 or something. So Yeah, but then didn't even he ditch Ohio? Yeah, then he ditched Ohio too, but and he's from there. <laughs> he ditched Ohio yeah. twice. He got drafted there, went to Miami. Yeah. Drafted and then went back there and then came to the Lakers. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we can't bag on Ohio too much because we actually have quite a few listeners in Ohio. Oh, no. We're going to have to take some of that out for sure. Yeah, which is part of the reason why we chose this case because I was like, I want to focus on the states that we have a lot of listeners in. Yeah. No, and that's totally fine. But you and I bagging on things, that's how we talk. No, so. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, he was going into his second year of med school. But in his first year of med school, he started dating a young lady named Alexis. And from all accounts, it was a pretty healthy, normal college relationship. But then his mom was diagnosed with a rare form of bone marrow cancer. And I'm not even going to try to say what it was and butcher the name. And by March of 2006, she would pass away from this. So she didn't battle it very long, but she fought pretty hard. And even though he was taking the death of his mom really hard because they were very close, everybody said that he was dealing with it pretty good. And and obviously he was dealing with it better than I probably would because he was still in med school and he was taking his finals and shit three weeks after his mom died. That seems yeah. like a lot. Yeah, I thought a lot about that too, you know, because he did, he took on a whole lot and tried to jump back into his normal life really quickly after a major traumatic life event because he was really, really close with his mom from what, from what I've understood. Yeah. So that, that to me was, you know, some people are like, oh, he wasn't taking it very well. And it's like, he was obviously at least covering it up well. Because he was still doing school. Yeah, and med school at that. So, yeah, he definitely, you know, probably was hiding quite a bit of pain that he was going through. But yeah. on the night of March 31st, 2006, his mom had already passed away. Brian finished his finals, and he was ready to go celebrate the end of finals. The beginning of spring break was around the corner. You know, so he, he was looking he was looking to go out and have a good time. His mom, before she passed away, bought him and Alexis a trip to Miami for spring break, and they were going to fly out that Monday morning. They were both really excited and looking forward to this trip. Yeah, so Brian went out to dinner with his dad after he took his finals, and they went to Outback Steakhouse. Do you think they had a Bloomin' Onion or whatever the fuck everybody orders there? I think if you go to Outback, there's no other thing to get than a, than a Bloomin' Onion. I so Randy says that he noticed how tired Brian seemed, which I'm sure his mom had just died three weeks before and he was in med school dealing with finals. And Randy's mentioned that he thought Brian probably shouldn't have gone out that night, but he didn't say that to Brian. He just obviously in hindsight, he's like, look, the guy was really tired. So Brian had also asked his brother Derek and Derek's girlfriend Morin if they wanted to come out that night bar hopping with him and his friends to celebrate the end of finals and the beginning of spring break. And they were going to a comedy club, so they were like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So Brian decided to meet up with his friend Clint Florence around 9 p.m. And they met at Brian's apartment before going to the bar called the Ugly Tuna Saluna. It was a bar that was on the south part of the campus gateway complex and on High Street in Columbus. We're just going to scroll past what a stupid name for a bar that is. Uh, it's a terrible name for a bar. And it's like a chain restaurant, apparently. So there's more of them. I, don't, I guess they don't have them here in California, but that sounds like an awful name for a bar. That's because it sounds like it smells, for one. <laughs> and for two, you can't just make up words and pretend they rhyme. Like, you're not Snoop Dogg. Ooh, that's true. Snoop Dogg. Who else makes up words so that they rhyme? I think Eminem probably. Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Eminem probably does that. Rappers. Dr. Seuss. But it's like you can't just change the name of a bar from saloon to saluna to make it rhyme with tuna. That's stupid. Just why don't you just come up with a bar name that rhymes with saloon? Or why just not name it after a fish? Ugly tuna? Like there's. That's true. What's going on there? I don't know. 
But this bar is also on the second floor of almost like an indoor mall type complex. And you kind of have to see it to know what we're talking about. But you have to take an escalator up to the second floor to go to the entrance. And there's like other things on the second floor besides this bar. This is my biggest problem with this case is that they went to a bar on the second story of something inside. When was the last time you went to a bar on the second story of something of like a complex like this and had a good time? Never. They don't exist. You never go to something like this and like, oh, yeah, we just went up the escalator to go have a good time. Yeah. It doesn't happen. <laughs> so already Brian and Clint should not have been at the Latino Saluna. Name aside, it was on the second story of like just a mall complex and you took an escalator up. That's not a good time. You're not going to have fun. Yeah. And there was like offices and retail stores. It was kind of a weird like area. And from everything that I've seen, it was not in a good area. Uh, well, anything that has a second story bar on another complex floor, probably not going <laughs> to be a good area. But OK, let's keep going with the story. Otherwise, it's going to take us all night. We just spent 20 minutes talking shit on the ugly tuna. <laughs> so around 10 p.m., Brian realized he was not having fun at the second story bar because <laughs> that's pretty obvious that he wouldn't. So he called his girlfriend, Alexis, and he told her that he was out with some friends and they talked for a minute about their trip, saying goodnight, all that kind of normal goodnight stuff. And Alexis wasn't with him because she was in Toledo for the weekend visiting her family because she was going to be gone the following week in Miami and the family dog had been sick anyway. So she just made a weekend of it. Yeah. So after this call, the guy started bar hopping because obviously the ugly tuna saluna was not the place to be. No, never. Yeah. And they started taking shots and drinking at each bar that they stopped at. And sometime after midnight, they called one of Clint's friends, Meredith Reed, and she drove down and met them at another bar and she picked them up and drove them back to the Ugly Tuna Saluna, which I'm like, Meredith, come on. Why are you going back? We've already talked. Yeah. Yeah, this is a terrible bar. But apparently Brian had some friends from med school that had called him while they were at the other bar and said, hey, we're at Ugly Tuna. Come back and see us. So he's like, oh, great. So they all Meredith, Brian and Clint get in Meredith's car and they head back to the Ugly Tuna Saluna. And this is where shit goes haywire. Gets crazy. The surveillance video shows Meredith, Clint, and Brian going up the stupid escalator at 1.15 in the morning. Then it shows Brian talking to two girls outside of the entrance at about 1.55. So he, we see him, but then he walks off camera. And the only place to go in the direction that he went was back into the bar. But it doesn't show him going back into the bar. Yeah, and sometime while they were inside the Ugly Tuna the second time, so sometime between 1.15 and 1.55, he had mentioned to Clint and Meredith that he was going to go talk to the band and talk to these other people. And apparently it wasn't like a huge place. So they were kind of like with each other and then he'd walk away and with each you know he was being social i think this part of the story is really important because brian was really into music so it makes a lot of sense that he would go and talk to the band he even had a pearl jam tattoo of the stick man on his right shoulder so he really was was deep into music and kind of talked a lot about if he hadn't gone down in the med school route he probably would have tried pursuing music yeah and he was even known to make jokes like oh i'm only going to be doctor for a minute and then till i get my band together and then that's what i'm doing yeah so quite a bit he said that stuff quite a bit though and it makes you wonder like isn't it kind of crazy that our last episode of last season pearl jam got brought up too and now this episode oh yeah i didn't even think about that but Honestly, Pearl Jam is yeah. one of those bands for me that has just kind of snuck into my life more and more. I always had heard of them, never really 
knew them, but as I've gotten older, they just seem to pop up more and more. I know. it's I like Pearl Jam a lot, but I never think of them as like, oh, that's a good band. You know, I, yeah. I just never think of it. And then twice in the last couple of weeks, we've done a case where Pearl Jam's been involved. Yeah, I've never, I don't know a Pearl Jam song. I couldn't name one. Tw- oh, I can name a bunch, but twice where they've been involved and twice where they're going to actively play a role in the story. Maybe I need to get more into Pearl Jam. Yeah, no, I think Eddie Vedder's a true crime buff. Uh, my first introduction to Eddie Vedder, I didn't know who who he was, but Weird Al sings a song called My Baby's in Love with Eddie Vedder, and I had no idea who that was, and then finally I, I like Googled it, and I was like, oh, he's the lead singer of Pearl Jam. I was like 11 or 12, so it's not that bad. Yeah. But mm. okay, <laughs> that was my first introduction. All right, so let's keep going with this story, otherwise we're going to lose everybody. Uh, I'm going to delete all of that uh, anyway. I know. A few minutes later, the bar closed and Brian was not seen on cameras leaving. Meredith and Clint tried calling him when they went outside of the bar and waited around for a while. Clint even went back into the bathroom to try to check to see if he was there, but they couldn't find Brian. So they assumed that he had kind of got up and went party ninja. And so they ended up leaving, too. Yeah. Apparently, they went back home to a house that Clint was house sitting at for a professor that was kind of a far drive it was like 35 or 40 minutes away from this bar and stayed the night there and like you said they just assumed that brian party ninja which is not a great thing to do but i do remember doing it a lot in my 20s you were the party ninja that was your thing yeah like always 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 if the party was not at your house you were gonna leave when the when it really started getting good i know well it wasn't when it really started getting good it was like I would drink and I'd hang out and I'd have fun. And then at a certain point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. But I'm not going to sit and say bye to every single person at the party. You just go. Yeah. Actually, I think you were a little ahead of your time because at this point now, if I'm at a party and I can leave without saying anything to anybody, I probably will. So you were just just ahead of me. Yeah, but nobody ever reported me missing. That's because we could usually locate you within 24 hours. That's true. Yeah, you were never too far. That's the problem with Brian here, though, is Alexis couldn't get a hold of him at all on Saturday. And she was kind of freaking out, but not too much because she's like, okay, well, maybe he was at a bar with his friends. Maybe he got really drunk, stayed out too late. Maybe he's sleeping it off. So Sunday, she drove back to Columbus and she still couldn't get a hold of Brian. And now it was starting to freak her out. And she called Brian's dad, who then called Brian's brother and said, you need to go check on your brother, you know, whatever. And when he got to Brian's apartment, Alexis had beat him there and they both thought nothing looked out of place. His car was there. Everything was normal. It's just he wasn't there. And none of his stuff that he had on him the night that he went out was there. Nothing. So it didn't look like he had come home at all. And so their real test was Monday morning. Him and Alexis had that flight to catch to Miami. So she went to the airport and waited and waited and waited and he never showed up. And that's when her and his dad realized, okay, this is dire. Something's wrong. Yeah. And they went and reported him missing. That's crazy. I mean, I'm sure both of them were just their hearts were sinking, just hoping that he would be there. But I think they knew what they had to do. I've seen a lot of people kind of criticizing how long they waited to report him missing. But you have to remember, he was 27 years old. A grown man who lived on his own, who just lost his mom. You know, he could have been just being by himself for a day or two. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't blame them. He could have been taking a hot second. Yeah, I don't. I don't think how long they waited is inappropriate at all, considering the circumstances. You know, obviously now I'm sure they wish they would have acted immediately, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. So yeah, I think on this one they were they were in the clear for how long they waited. 
Yeah. And luckily, the cops didn't make them wait any longer. Right. The investigation kicked off actually pretty quickly, and once he was reported missing, the police finally did an excellent job, and Columbus has the most closed-circuit security cameras in the entire state of Ohio. So they immediately started collecting footage from the bar and all of the surrounding areas. Alexis and his family and friends passed out flyers and posters everywhere trying to find Brian and, you know, locate him on their own. Yeah, I've heard that a lot, that Columbus has more CCTVs than Cleveland, Cincinnati, and somewhere else combined. And I'm like, how do you know that? Is somebody counting them? Probably, because that's where Ohio State is. And so there's a lot of people in Columbus. It's a huge city in, in Ohio. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, I've been there. And- Everything revolves around Ohio State, so. Yeah. Well, they started at the Ugly Tuna, which is where this revolved around. And they fanned out from there, and they used, you know, officers and dogs, search dogs. Cadaver dogs. I don't know if they used cadaver dogs. I know in the beginning they used search dogs. Later on, I believe they did use cadaver dogs when they were searching the landfills. But in the very first part of the search, they were using search dogs. And they were trying to get his scent, you know, to track his scent somewhere. And they were checking dumpsters and all kinds of stuff. But because they didn't start till Monday afternoon, they even had to check the landfill. Because a lot of those dumpsters had already been picked up. And then they even got permission from the city and checked the sewer drains and all that. His apartment was only six blocks from the ugly tuna and like we said his car was still parked outside his apartment nothing was disturbed inside of his car or his apartment did the crime dogs find anything nothing I mean, they literally found nothing. The crime dogs didn't smell anything? Supposedly, they may have tracked his scent to a local Wendy's, but they're not positive that that's accurate. And he was known to walk to the bar that night. So how do you know they weren't tracking it from when he walked there? You know what I mean? Not when he walked home. And what's to stop a dog from tracking it to a a place with bacon and burgers and things like that so yeah i love dogs and i think they're great but i don't have a super ton of faith because you never hear about a story where it's like oh and the cadaver dogs let us write to them it's like that never happens yeah i think they're better for drugs and stuff like that yeah they found nothing though the last sighting of brian was on camera at 155 when he was talking to those women outside of the bar right before closing time and he's never been seen again at least not on video, which is weird. If he left the bar, he should have been seen, obviously. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, too, is everybody's like, well, maybe he, and we'll get into this pretty deep in a minute, but maybe he got out of the bar, just say. Because there's some people who think he never even made it out of the bar, but that's crazy. But That is crazy. If he got out of the bar... How was he never seen on any other surveillance video? That's what's kind of weird. That is what's kind of weird, but I think there's some explanation to that, too. Me, too. We'll get into it. So the people who did see him that night that were the last people to see him were asked to take lie detector tests because for some reason, this is still a thing. Even in 2006, it's like they're not used in court and it either makes you look guilty or it doesn't tell you anything. So I don't know why we even use them. Yeah. Absolutely. But we do. Absolutely. I don't know why we still use him anyway, too. I know. And I would never take one. Doesn't matter what the circumstance is. I'm not taking one. I'm going to get you to take one. I watch other people take them and my heart starts racing and my, I get all sweaty. Pa- I'm like, no, I would fail any lie detector test. I'm sure of it because just the hooking it up makes me like, <gasps> like I can't breathe. And I'm watching it on TV. Like, I can't imagine if I was in a room doing that. No. Suspect number one is Erica. Yeah. 
But anyway, Randy, Brian's dad, and Meredith, the girl that Brian and, and uh, Clint met up with that night, agreed to take a polygraph test, and they passed it right away. But Clint balked a little bit on his polygraph. And I don't blame him for it. That's the right choice. Good job, Clint. Way to, st- way to stand up for yourself. That's what you should have done. Yeah. I, a lot of people do fault him for this, and it makes them think that he's a suspect and everything, but... Clint was very cooperative with the police. He told them everything that happened that night. He gave them his statement. And then when it seemed like they were asking him questions that were like, did you do something to your friend? He got a little bit, oh, maybe I need an attorney because I don't want to do 25 to life. Which is the Jesse right Kelly thing to or do. Brendan Nassie. Yeah, exactly. It's the yeah. right thing to do. Yeah. So it's like, okay, he got a lawyer. And of course, his lawyer said, don't fucking take that. It's not going to help you. It's only going to make things worse so just don't do it and you can't blame him for that from crime to crime i mean I life don't. rule number of, who cares 37 lawyer up if the cops want to talk to you yeah that's definitely our advice lawyer up yep you definitely cannot handle any of this by yourself one thing that i thought was really weird was that alexa still called brian's phone every night before bed and she did it for a long time just to kind of see if it would ring. And it always went straight to voicemail like she expected, except one night in September, it rang three times. And she even posted on her MySpace, and I quote, I kept calling to hear it purely because it's the best sounds I've ever heard, even if no one picked up. And his cell phone carrier, Singular, checked on this, and they said that most likely it was probably just a glitch. But they also said that it pinged in a tower in Hillard, Ohio. So for all we know, it could have been the wrong phone. Yeah, which is probably why Singular isn't even a company anymore. Yeah, it's true. AT&T bought them out for those who don't remember. Well, I remember I had AT&T before and then it turned into Singular and then it turned back into AT&T. So who the hell knows? But the Hilliard, Ohio thing is a little bit interesting. I've heard two different reports. I've heard that this ping from September was Hilliard, Ohio. But then I've also heard that that was a previous ping from the first couple days after he went missing. So... I don't know. The police have always been real wishy-washy on whether on the phone pings, you know? Yeah. And like, they don't really say, they say that it pinged in Hilliard. They say that it didn't. They say it was a glitch. They say, oh, in 2006, the technology was bad. It's like, yeah, but did it ping or did it not ping? I don't understand. Well, I listened to an interview with one of the women that he was talking to outside of the bar at 155. And she had worked at Mm -hmm. Verizon for a long time. And they asked her in the interview, you know, you have worked at Verizon. What's your opinion on this? And she said, I don't think that it's an accident. Like, I don't think it was a glitch. Somebody turned the phone on. She doesn't know if it was Brian's, a serial killer, or, you know, someone just passing by. She doesn't know, but she thinks that there's no way that that was a glitch. Yeah. So my thought on it is if it just rang, like if Alexis called and it rang and there was no ping and it just rang in her ear, maybe it was a glitch. But if she called and it rang and there was a ping, I think the phone was on. Right. Because how does a phone ping if it's not on? But then I've heard things that it it didn't ping. During that ring, it didn't ping. So who knows? And we'll probably never know. It wasn't just Alexis who was calling it. It was, it was Randy and Brian's brother, too. They were calling as well, and it was ringing for them. So there are other people who confirmed that. I'm not saying that it didn't ring. I'm saying if it didn't ping. Because the cell phone company, the way that it works is if the person calls the phone, if it's trying to find a tower, it'll ring on my end, like in my ear. If I'm calling you and your phone is somewhere where it can't find a tower, it'll ring on my Mm -hmm. end until it says, okay, we can't locate that phone. It'll send me to voicemail. Or if it locates it, it lets me answer. 
Does that make sense? But if the phone didn't ping, that means it never located the phone. So it could have just been a glitch that it took it too long to figure out that it couldn't find a towel. Does that make sense? But if it pinged, it was Yeah, on. it does. Yeah, and to me, this isn't a big deal because we don't know who turned it on if somebody did turn it on. And it could have just been a passerby just try, walking by and, oh, hey, it worked and turned on. And then a flood of text messages and phone calls start happening like, I want nothing to do with this. And off it goes again. The ping is weird. And if the police would say whether or not the phone pinged in September, that would help the whole situation. But they are very wishy-washy about that. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why it matters at this point, 15 years later. Yeah, I would assume, well, I guess because it's an open and active investigation, but I would think at some point they'd just release the details and say, hey, you internet sleuth, see what you can find out. Well, we're going to get into that in the theories because I think this is a case that's solvable. And almost everybody who covers this case is like, oh, it's unsolvable. We'll probably never know. And it's like, I think we could absolutely know. I think I have a, I think I figured it out. Yeah, but but I'm saying I think we could prove it, not like grant your wild ideas i think if they we'll get into that anyway in 2008 brian's dad tragically passed away in a freak storm in ohio where he lived they had like some crazy windstorm and a tree branch broke off of a tree and killed him that's awful you're already living in ohio and you get killed by a freak accident man well it's awful because now Derek is alone. Well, that too. Yeah, definitely. He lost his mom to cancer. Three weeks later, his brother disappears. And then less than two years later, his dad dies. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. He lost his entire family in like two years. I do feel really bad for Derek. Yeah. So when there was an online obituary for their dad where you could like leave comments like, oh, I'm sorry about your loss. You know, that kind of stuff. Somebody left a comment that said, I love you, Dad, Brian. And then in parentheses, it said U.S. Virgin Islands. Now, this is kind of weird, obviously. Sure, definitely. But the cops traced where this came from, and it was made from a public library computer in Franklin County, Ohio. So not the Virgin Islands. That makes the most sense to me, because I don't think this was this was him doing that. Well, and the cops don't either. They've pretty much said that they consider this a hoax, which... They've never said that they found the person who posted it, so I don't know how you could say for sure that it's a hoax, but they definitely don't think it was Brian. I don't think so either, so me and the police are on the same page on this one. Yeah, I don't think it was Brian either, but it could have also not been Brian, but not been a hoax either. It could have been who killed Brian. It could be, yeah. I, I think dismissing this as if it wasn't a lead was a weird thing because it came from a public computer in the same county that his phone pinged after he went missing. Like, Hilliard, Ohio is in Franklin County. I don't think it makes a big difference. I know you do, but to me, I don't think that there's much here for that. I think it was just somebody in the area who knows the story, probably even maybe knew Randy and the family and just kind of, you know. Yeah. Put it in there as a nice thing. And that wasn't the first time the U.S. Virgin Islands had been brought up. It was to the public, but apparently there was a tip of a sighting of Brian in the Virgin Islands that it took the police three months to investigate. And by the time they investigated it, the restaurant that the person said he was working at was out of business. Oof. Yikes. So, and that was really soon after his disappearance. It was like just a couple of weeks after he went missing. There was a couple that went to the Virgin Islands on their honeymoon, had this waiter at a restaurant that was name was Brian. And then when they came home to Columbus, they saw the missing stuff and they were like, hey, that was our waiter. Yeah, 
who's to say? I mean, that could have some merit. It could not. It could just look a lot like him. So it's tough to oh, definitively be like, oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. But it does make sense that it could be him. So Well, but it also doesn't make sense that it took the police three months to investigate it. That seems kind of weird. That does seem a little strange. But, you know, I think... Yeah. I think they had other things going on, so. Well, like what? Looking for Brian Schaefer? Columbus is a big city, you know? I don't think they could just drop everything and go like that. But maybe I'm wrong. I've never been a cop. They don't have to go to the Virgin Islands, but they can call the FBI agent that's stationed in the Virgin Islands and ask him to go check it out. Yeah, but departments are weird about that kind of stuff. They want to keep things as separate into themselves as they can so oh i know which is why they don't solve cases i agree so but yeah that's it that's all we know and i know that's the crazy thing is that's literally it that's the story of brian schaefer he's just never to be seen again since we don't know anything it's time for theory land to decide what we're going to get into oh yeah this is where grant goes cuckoo for cocoa puffs the first theory in theory land is suicide now People argue this theory because he had just lost his mom. He was in med school. He might have been overwhelmed with grief or stress or whatever. And he was drinking that night, which can make you make decisions that you wouldn't normally make. But I don't necessarily love this theory because where's his body? Exactly. I think he made some decisions he wouldn't normally make that night, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's suicide. And where would he have killed himself in the bar? Where is he? Would he have killed himself out after where did he go like no one saw him that's going the thing anywhere. why would he have why would he have hid his own body yeah most people who commit suicide want to be found like that's not a thing yeah so that one i i dismissed that one right away yeah so another theory is foul play or a serial killer something bad happening to him this one to me makes a little bit more sense i don't think it's what happened but it does make a little bit more sense that you know he ran into the wrong person and mm-hmm. somehow, some way, ended up in the wrong situation. So that one, though I don't think it's the correct one, I do understand it a little bit better. So the serial killer theory, there's this whole theory about the smiley face killers who kill college-age men and leave their bodies in rivers with the graffiti of a smiley face somewhere near the body. The problem with this is Brian's body was never found, so that's bogus. And if he would have been in the Olentangy River, they probably would have found him because they searched it pretty heavy duty. And the smiley face killers don't really exist, so. <laughs> yeah, there's just smiley faces everywhere. Um, yeah, I think it's more likely the foul play thing is if it was just a random yes. serial killer or somebody he knew. Like, there's a lot of theories that him and Clint got in an argument, which I think is obviously the most likely that you're going to be killed by somebody you know. But when we talk about the timeline here, he was seen on video at at 1.55 a.m. And then Meredith calls him at 2.01 a.m. to say, hey, where are you? We're leaving. You think Clint killed him in six minutes without anybody seeing? No, definitely not. And again, I don't think that's possible. Yeah. And what's he doing with his body? Again, where is it? Like, he can't just flush him down the toilet like a goldfish. Yeah, I think if he met foul play, he met it somewhere other than that bar. I think he walked out of that bar on an exit that didn't have a camera or the camera wasn't working. I've heard a lot of reports that one of the cameras was manual and when the door would open, it would pan over to that door. And the security guard kept overriding it every time that door opened because he was trying to look at hot chicks coming out of the bar. (laughs) On the other door. Oh, I could totally see that being a security guard thing to do. So... 
Yeah, so it's like, it's totally possible that he left out of another door or another situation. And we need to talk about that. I don't know how we're going to fit this in, but we need to talk about the fact that everybody thinks that he walked into this bar and never left because he wasn't on camera. But there was like eight entrances and exits that you could have left on that weren't on camera. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, there was at least three. Thought there was two. No, no, no. There was there was two entrances that were covered by cameras. There was at least three other exits that were not covered with cameras. This seems pretty open and shut then. Yeah. So there was the fire escape, which didn't have a camera. And then there was a door that went to a construction site on the first floor, which people talk about like, oh, maybe he fell in a hole on the construction site. It wasn't that kind of construction site. No. They were turning the downstairs of this stupid second store bar, story bar <laughs> it's stupid. into retail office spaces. So they were putting up like those stupid walls that you would put up between storefronts. You know, they're not even like real walls. And then there was another freight entrance with a freight elevator. Like there was like two or three different exits that didn't have cameras. And then there was the one with the escalator. And then there was the one that the band went out of in the back, which did have cameras. Yeah, I always thought there was one entrance and one exit and both were both were videoed. So now that there's, you know, a chance that there was three other spots, that definitely opens things up if, as to what could have happened. Yeah, totally. And I've always heard that they've accounted for every person that walked into the bar. They've seen them leave on video somewhere except Brian. And it's like, yeah, but how sure are you? How many cops looked at that video? Do they only have cameras for the two entrances and there's at least three others? So obviously well, they're but the missing other three something. others were not entrances. They were exits. Okay, but they're missing something. If like he's going to leave through an exit, not an entrance. So, okay, great. You have cameras on the entrances. There's exits. How can you be? How can you account for everybody if there's three unwatched exits? You can't. Well, because they weren't exits that you were supposed to go out of. Like... I guess we should have made that clear. They were not like, oh, go out this door. It's an exit. They were not like open to the public. They weren't supposed to be. But that doesn't mean he didn't go out them. Of course not. A night of drinking. The drunk guy is not going to walk past security to if he can avoid it. He's going to go out his own way. Well, and not just that, but it's like everybody's like, well, it was it was an exit into a construction site or an employee only exit. He wouldn't have gone that way. It's like, well, first of all, you wouldn't have gone that way. But you're not missing. So, I mean, maybe Brian did go that way and that's why he's missing. 100%. Like, maybe he didn't always follow the rules. 100%. Like, I've gone places that yeah. I wasn't supposed to be all the time. But, you know, you do it and you get away with it. So, 100%. Yeah. He absolutely could have just done that and been like, all right, all right. Especially if one of those exits shaved a block off of his walk. Like, yeah, his apartment was only six blocks from this bar. Like, if he went out one door instead of another door, maybe it adds an extra, like, around the block, you know? The thing that doesn't make sense, though, is that there was closed caption TVs everywhere. So, I know you would think that if he did walk elsewhere, something somewhere would have caught him. But that's the other thing, is how do we know that? Because the police say, well, did they get every single camera in every single direction of the bar for five blocks did they look at every single minute of that whole entire night what about the next morning what you know what if he passed out in an alley and then got up the next morning and went somewhere and you know we don't know how much of that they really 
looked into. They say they did, and you would hope they did. But they also said that everybody on that video going into the bar was accounted for leaving the bar. And it's like, how is that possible? When they went out multiple exits, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And And obviously Brian's not accounted for. So maybe there's other people on that video not accounted for either. They just weren't reported missing. Maybe, maybe when they said they were accounted for, means they found them later on and said, oh, there you are. Okay, cool. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if that means they were accounted for on the video or just accounted for in life. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. The video has a lot of issues. And that's the one thing where I think if they would release the video surveillance to the public, that sounds ridiculous. I know. But it's 15 years later. Like, I know you say it's an active investigation and open. You guys aren't doing anything. We know that. It's been 15 years. Yeah, you got nothing. Like, if they just released it to the public, maybe somebody sees something on those videos that the cops haven't caught yet. 100%. I think internet sleuthing is how most of these crimes could be solved if they just released most of these unsolved to thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not more than that. People taking a a chance and, and doing some research on this and seeing what they see. You know, everyone has different perspectives on things and thinks differently. So I could definitely see that getting solved very easily. Especially because they were automatically like kind of at a roadblock when they were like, oh, he didn't come out of the the bar. Like we never saw him leave the bar. And it's like, so how close did they look at the CCTVs from the area around the bar? Did they even look at him that close? Because they were, they never saw him leave the bar. Yeah. So maybe they never even looked at most of those. You know what I mean? Probably not. What if Brian wasn't caught on video leaving the bar, but he was caught on video two blocks later getting into a car, but they don't ever see that video because they're still focused on the fact that they never saw him come out of the bar. But still, where did he go? Like after that, where did he, if he did get into a car, where did he go? Well, I don't know, but then you could look at what kind of car it was and who drove that kind of car. You know what I mean? Like at least it would be a lead right now. They're like, maybe he's still in the bar. It's like, well, that's obviously not the case, but uh, some people do think that that's another theory. They think that he was killed in the bar and then put into the walls or somewhere in the bar or carried out at a later date. Sure. Cause that wouldn't stink or be obvious at any point. Yeah. But Grant, This is the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Do you think really anybody's smelling a dead body over the stench of that place? Yes, absolutely. Do I think that a dead body stench is going to overtake a bad fish smell? And we don't even know for sure that they sell fish there. So, yes. No, no, no. It's not a bad fish smell. All their Yelp reviews said that the place smells like vomit and shit and urine. And all their Yelp reviews says that it smells really bad. Well, now I don't know. (laughs) This is the frustrating part of this case is you think you have one thing figured out and then... You get things like this and it's just like, look, I don't know. I hate this case. (laughs) I thought you would like this case because there's no ending to it. I like like things that are Especially you. Like, I know how, like, hardcore you are about your theory, which is why I haven't let you say it yet. Because everything you say, I'm going to debunk it and then you're going to be like, fuck. I don't think I am. (laughs) It's, it's, you can't do it. Okay. So what's your theory? Oh, now I get to speak? Am I good to go now? This is it? This is my time to shine? you have the same notes that I have. Is this my time to shine? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Here's what happened at the Ugly Tuna Saluna that night. Brian went in there with his- According to Grant. Well, find me a better source. All right. So first things first. Brian's mom just died. So he's not in a great headspace. Three weeks after, my mom died in 2019. I can tell you he was not in a great headspace there. A lot of people think that on this trip, he was going to propose to Alexis. 
I don't. They had only been together just over a year. I don't think it was as hunky-dory as everybody made it out to be. Brian's mom really wanted him to be a doctor and really steered him towards that direction. So because they were so close, most likely that's why Brian went to be a doctor. I don't think Brian wanted to be a doctor. As we kind of alluded to in the beginning, he really liked getting into music. He wanted to be a musician. So I think that some bad choices happened, but I think that when Brian went, he probably was not going to propose to Alexis. He may have thought about it, but was after his mom had passed and he was kind of thinking, I don't want to be a doctor. Do I even want to stay in Ohio? He probably had thought about getting out for a while. He found an opportunity and he went. What opportunity was that? I think that when he was in the bar, they prob- the band probably played a song that he really liked. Probably Pearl Jam went up showed him his stickman tattoo. He started talking to them about how he wants to be a musician and they, you know, he really wants to do this and that in the music industry. And they were probably very supportive of that. Brian being drunk probably went out with them, probably followed them along. I could totally see if this guy got, you know, had a good rep, uh, had a good rapport with any of the band members, them going like, Hey man, here's a shirt, here's a hat. So he's got some different merch on. So what he's supposed to look like people now in the bar don't know that he's in a hat or a different colored shirt, different styled shirt, whatever. I do think that a band would just be like, yeah, come back to our place and jam, hang out. Like we're just going to have a, you know, a party or whatever. They could go back and do that. And Brian would have joined them. Now, why don't we see him going out? Because he went back out the back service entrance exit where the camera wasn't looking. And he probably got into whatever vehicle they were driving, whether it be a van or a truck, two different cars whatever and went with them probably had a good time and decided from there he didn't need to be brian schaefer anymore he was whoever he decided to be that night and he liked it he wanted to keep going with it it was a new life (laughs) he was close with his dad but he wasn't super close with his dad and i've heard back and forth things about how he and his dad used to squabble and fight all those kinds of things nope i'm still going so (laughs) i think that he Got an opportunity to go do something he wanted to do. Go play music. Maybe that band had a had a gig the next night or something like that. And they were like, hey, come with. And on the spur of the moment, on a flip of a dime, maybe they went out and did something different. I think that he just kind of started a new life and in the music industry and just kind of went with it. He started a new name. And in the music industry, it can be a little bit more lax. He hasn't had to show proper documentation of who he is because maybe he's just some roadie for some, you know, mid-level band somewhere or something different. I don't think Brian Schaefer's dead. And I think he's out among us somewhere and doing his own thing and does not want to be found. So in less words, you think he ran away? Yes, but I don't think that it was planned like this. That's why I think that there's so much that's like, what? He was fine with his dad. He was fine with Alexis. I don't think that this was planned. I think he just got an opportunity and he took it. Okay. So I don't necessarily disagree with you that he could have been drunk that night and just been like, fuck it, and left, but I don't think it was with the band, and there's multiple reasons why, but one of them is that the entire band is on video leaving the bar, and he wasn't with them. The entire band has been interviewed. They don't even remember Brian Schaefer. All they were worried about was getting a girl to go back to their after party with them, and when they left, they only had girls with them. So maybe it wasn't a member of the band, but maybe it was someone who was yeah. with the band or something. Maybe they weren't directly connected. Maybe it was the merch guy. Maybe, the you know, 
the guy, he was looking at their merch and he was like, their Pearl Jam song That's was That's the only on. thing. Like, I understand your theory of wanting to connect it to the band because he liked music so much, but the band has been investigated and... They're on video, supposedly, from the cops leaving, and that's that was never a, a question. Like, they left. They didn't have, you know, a lot of theories are like, well, maybe they stuffed him in one of their guitar cases or something. They didn't have any road cases that were big enough to put a human body in, and there was n- none of that. Maybe he went out one of those side side exits and, you know, jumped in a car or a van or something with one of them then, mm-hmm. you know? Something like that. Maybe. And who knows? Maybe most of those dudes... Or girls, whoever was in the band, maybe they were all drunk. Yeah, still driving home, but you know that could have happened. Dude, I don't remember this guy. Like, there's other. Yeah, the only thing that's weird is like 45 people from the bar went to this after party with the band, and not one of them remember seeing Brian. Now, if something happened where the band killed him or something like that, because that's another theory. There's no way 45 people are keeping their mouth shut. Somebody's singing like a canary. True, but maybe it's somebody, again, who's connected to the band, but not part of the band. If it's some kind of a smaller person, or maybe even somebody who was there to see the band, or he met at the bar, I think it was it's music-related, though. I think that he had that itch that night. He was drunk, and he just went for it. He just made a decision, and he just did not look back. Maybe. Speaking of the music connection, we forgot to mention, too, that Pearl Jam played a concert a couple months after Brian went missing that Brian and Alexis actually had tickets to, and Alexis couldn't go. She couldn't, like, bring herself to go without him, so she sold the tickets. But at that concert, Eddie Vedder on stage gave, like, this whole spiel and held up the flyer for Brian's missing thing and talked about him and gave everybody his stats and all that stuff. It was kind of really nice. That is cool. Eddie Vedder seems like a really cool dude. I've never met him, not yet anyway, but he seems like a a, a real stand-up guy. So good for yeah, you. Yeah, he seems pretty good. Maybe I'll start listening to Pearl Jam. So I don't necessarily think that your runaway theory is bad because obviously that's pretty much the only two theories. Or well, I guess there's three. He ran away, he was killed, or there was some sort of accident, which is what I think is the most likely. I think Brian was drunk and he was upset. And he was probably thinking a lot about his life and everything going on. And he party ninja'd out of that bar without his friends and wasn't seen on video. Maybe he tripped and fell and died, you know, and maybe he did it somewhere where he fell into the river or, you know, a manhole fell down a ravine somewhere, you know, fell into a manhole like a cartoon. No, I don't think so, because they checked the sewers. But and I'm realistic with my theories. Whoa. When somebody tells me something was checked, I go, okay, that's probably not it then. Oh, you believe the police? No, I don't necessarily believe the police, but I've heard interviews with the band and they're like, dude, we don't know this guy. Like if we do you think these guys would cover for some guy they randomly met that night at the bar? Once the police start knocking on their door, they'd be like, here, this guy fucking take him. We don't like him anyway. Like why they have no loyalty to him. Why would they cover for him? Maybe it wasn't somebody in the band. You know, again, it could have. I think it was probably an associate the merch guy that met him that night why would he cover for him why wouldn't he because he doesn't fucking know him people don't do nice things for people they don't know he's the merch guy for some low-level band you don't know what he's up to so my theory is that he probably the most likely which is what happens in most of these cases with men in their 20s who go missing is that he got drunk and he got in an accident somewhere on his way home or Somebody abducted him and made something bad happen to him on his way home because he was drunk and vulnerable. No, I know what you're saying, and it's a possibility. It's the most likely scenario. 
to me, it's the second most likely scenario. And I think that it no, could it's have... the second most. It's the second most interesting. You think him running away and starting this life on a beach is more romantic and interesting. That doesn't make it the most likely. That's actually the least likely. I think it's the most accurate. Like, how no, has I, nobody in the world seen him? I definitely think that he's out there, and I think people have seen him. But I don't think most people are looking for him because yeah, who cares anymore besides his family? Honestly, besides yeah. who would care to look for this guy day in and day out except a small group of people? The police aren't doing yeah. it. So... That, that's not true. The police are pretty active in his case. Like, they follow every lead. The only lead that they really screwed up was that one in the Virgin Islands. I don't know. Those are pretty much the four theories. Suicide, foul play, runaway, or an accident. The other theory with the runaway thing, though, like you were saying, is that Clint helped him. No, I, I don't Which, think Clint had anything to do with to me, would make a lot more sense than some random guy at the merch table helping him run away. I know like what you mean. Like your best friend helping yeah. you run away I makes get what way you mean. more sense to me. Yeah, I understand. And, and I could see that being part of it, maybe. I just, that seems more unlikely to me. Because the things that Brian had left at his house, like his eyeglasses, I think if you're planning to go somewhere, even if you wanted to look like you've never you know, missed anything. I think even your eyeglasses you would grab. Eyeglasses are kind of a important commodity you can't just stop at the store and get. Well, and that's to me what makes me think even if he did get drunk and decide to run away while he was at this bar on a whim, why wouldn't he just stop by his house and grab his shit? He lives six blocks away. Yeah, well that's the thing. I don't I think this was on a whim, so he didn't stop it to go get it because he was just, hey, I'm gonna go do this and just went with it and just washed his uh, hands of everything. So that I, it just seems like to me, if you're going to run away forever, why wouldn't you at least stop at your apartment one more time and make sure you didn't need to grab anything? Because he's trying like to get away. You're just going to leave with what's on your body? Yes. He's get away from what? His Nobody's life. chasing him. His life. He didn't want to live this life. He didn't want to be a doctor, most likely. He didn't want to marry right, Alexis. But what is he another five minutes to stop at his apartment? That's what I'm saying. There was nobody behind him. There was nobody looking for him. Why wouldn't he stop at his apartment and grab his fucking eyeglasses? He'd already made a, he like, had already made a decision. One of those big, life-changing decisions. There was no going back, no matter what. He made a choice that night that he was not going back to be Brian Schaefer. His life was not going to be the same anymore. He was going to take his life into his own hands and do what he wanted, how he wanted. So, Brian, if you're listening to this, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Just he did what he wanted, and that's great. I'm all, I'm all for that. Brian, you and I, you and I are cool. If he did that, I think it's a dick move to do to his brother and his dad, but whatever, it's his life. That's exactly That's it. why I don't understand why he would do it this way. Why wouldn't he just say, fuck you guys, I don't want to be a doctor anymore, I'm doing my own thing. Brian, why would he do it this way? Brian, I don't know why you did it this way, man, but you know what? You did, and you- Stop doing that, that's weird. No, I, if he's listening, and <laughs> I want him to know that, hey, he has an ally in me, and he can reach out, and I won't say anything to anybody, even you. I would totally say something to you, but, you know, Brian, good for you, man. You took the bull by the horns, and you made your life your way. Good for you. Yeah, so obviously the most likely is that he's not around because his credit cards have never been touched, his social security cards never been touched, and there's only been a few unreliable sightings of him, one by that couple that I mentioned in the Virgin Islands, and then another one by another couple that was in Puerto Vallarta, and they were from Ohio, and the guy was wearing a shirt that said Ohio State, and when he walked past this guy in a restaurant that he swore was Brian Schaefer, he mouthed 
to the guy, like, are you Brian Schaefer? And the guy put a napkin over his face. And when that guy tried to go back to his table and get a phone to take a picture of him, the security from the restaurant wouldn't let him take a picture of the guy. And then him and his wife just left and then waited till they got back to Columbus to report it. So it's like, I don't know. If I saw a missing guy that I knew for sure was a missing guy, I'd probably hang out outside the restaurant and wait and see when he walked out if I could get more pictures of him. I wouldn't mouth anything to him. That seems a really weird, like, are you Brian Schaefer? Like, yeah, what? that did seem weird, too, because what if he was in a situation that was not in his control and then, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think I would do that to any missing person. If I thought I saw a missing person, I would try to get a photo, yes, but discreetly, and I would call the authorities right away. Man, I'm glad we do this podcast. And I definitely wouldn't leave the restaurant. I'd be waiting in the parking lot to take pictures when they left, find out what car they're in, where they're headed, what direction, probably follow them for a while. Wow. I'm really glad we do this podcast because I would have gone up and been like, hey, are you Brian Schaefer? And hope for the best. So I'm glad that now I at least have a game plan on what to do when I meet Brian. You would just walk up to somebody that you thought was a missing person and just be like, are you this person? Um, After I took a picture of him and sent it to you, that would probably be my next course of action. Or at least it would have. I learned something today and it, and it wouldn't be any more. Yeah, because there's only two scenarios that that could go. If they ran away on their own, they're just going to say No. Because they don't want to be found. And if they were abducted or being held against their will, they're still going to say no because they're afraid you just got them murdered. Hmm. Why would you talk to... I wouldn't say anything. No. I've never really thought about it a whole lot. I was just, you know, it's like meeting a celebrity. You can just, just go up to them. No, these are real people, Grant. That we They're victims of crimes. I'm just going to help them. If it is Brian Schaefer, I'm going to rescue him. Oh, right. In Puerto Vallarta, by yourself, big old white guy? Yeah. You don't think... They'll just chop your head off and call it a day? No. They will. No. Nope. I would ask them. I would. Yep. I would. <laughs> nope. I would work really well with the cartel. I'm I do. I'm great with people, and I think I could talk, no. talk us out of it. Well, I think you're hallucinating. Well, you're not a hero. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap this up because Grant is pretty adamant that he solved this, and... I'm pretty adamant that he's wrong. I started so. this case hating, hating, hating this case because it seemed so easy to figure out and it wasn't figured out. And now I like this case because I did figure it out. I knew it was easy. I just I just had to think about it. See, and that's why I don't like this case, because a rational person, every time they listen to one of these theories, there's an easy reason why that's probably not what happened. So it's like frustrating because it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's what happened. And then you hear more about the actual facts of the case which grant likes to ignore and you go oh shit that probably didn't happen no i just think in these kinds of things that there's one-offs and there's things that just slip through that oh i didn't think about that because it was literally the only one time that that would happen so and i think that this time there is a one-off of the one thing that happened so brian again i'm proud of you <laughs> i am i'm proud of brian Schaefer. Right. so anyway brian tune into our next episode it won't be about you Unless we find you, then it will be. Totally. Yeah, it's totally going to be about him if we find him, that's for sure. That's what I'm saying, you know? Either we're going to find Brian Laundry or Brian Schaefer. Yep. Well, hopefully someday we find both. I hope we do find both, and I, I hope they're both still alive, too, because I bet they both have some pretty interesting stories to tell. <laughs> yep. So, all right, well, don't forget to catch us tonight on Instagram Live if you're available at 6 o'clock. Or 9 o'clock if you're on the East Coast. Or 9 o'clock if you're on the East Coast. Oh, I've, sorry, guys. That's kind of late for you, huh? Yeah. Sorry about that. But, you know, we're trying to accommodate both here. 
And for our international fans, we have no idea what time it is where you are because we don't know where you are exactly. So <laughs> sorry about that. All right, guys. Well, catch us on Instagram and can't wait to see you. Come one, come all. Bring your questions. All right, buddy. I'll see you in a couple hours on Instagram. Sounds good. I love you. Love you too.